0: Well, I'm so happy to be with you all and to see your beautiful faces and get to talk to you today. I'm one of the pastors here at Vineyard Covington, and um, we're just going to be talking together over the next portion of our time about Jesus, his intentional heart for seeking you and you and you and you, me, all of us out. And we take time at our monthly gatherings to have this time of learning because. Um, Our mission is to welcome people home to a family being transformed by the life and love of Jesus. And to be transformed, we need a little bit of learning time. So we get to learn together and engage and practice together. And that's what we're going to spend the next little bit of time together doing. We want to see, as the rest of our mission says, we want to see this goodness that we're experiencing and um, practicing together. We want to see it, just the goodness Spilling out. It can't be contained here. It can't be contained into this room because it spills into the hearts, homes, and the streets of the city as we release the powerful peace, joy, and love of the kingdom of God. So that's what we get to do together. So let's pray for a minute. Lord, open up our hearts to hear and receive your word and allow your spirit to move us into action. Calm our scattered thoughts and knit our hearts together for the sake of your kingdom here in Covington and beyond. Amen. So, if you want, you can pull out your Bibles or your Bible app, and we are going to turn to Luke 19. It is a story about a short little guy. And if you grew up in um, this odd Christian subculture kids' church thing, you might know the song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he he climbed up in a Sigmar tree, and yeah So that's that that's what I grew up with we're not gonna do that right now but it is a story about Zacchaeus a short little guy um, so this is Luke 19 starting in verse 1 Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town there was a man there named Zacchaeus He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to, the guest, to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this house to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost something that strikes me about this story is how this infamous chief tax collector like he's so curious about this man he's heard about named Jesus that he goes to embarrassing heights (laughs) <laughs> to see him, I'm assuming a few things about Zacchaeus, though, because of the notorious sinner label um, that people had given him, like that he was greedy, maybe he was abusing the power he had to get more and more wealthy, he's getting rich off the backs of his own uh, people. And yet, even with this, this probable callous sort of thick skin, Z- Zacchaeus can't help but try to get a look at Jesus. I think there's a seed planted here in Zacchaeus that we don't know about like he's probably heard something about Jesus heard a story about him it tells us that we don't really know what's going on in people's lives all the way do we there's some seeds there we don't know about so we've got Zacchaeus up in a tree waiting for Jesus to pass by Jesus looks up sees him And calls him by his name says, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your house today. So, like, imagine Jesus doing that to you. He looks at you and really looking at you, like looking you right in the eyeballs. And he calls your name specifically. You didn't do anything special to make him want to call your name. But he does and he invites himself over because he enjoys being with you. He comes to you and he brings the party to your house. There's something so beautiful about Jesus. Like I want to consider this that like we don't have to perform better or shout Jesus's name to get his attention or make something happen like conjure it up because Jesus comes to you. I totally find myself um, in the trap of the opposite of that thinking (laughs) Thinking of God as transactional, like if, if I do this, if I, if I like, could be better, then I can come to God and ask him for this other thing. But that's not God's character, is it? He loves you and he loves me no matter what. And he sees through any sort of facade we put up. I met with my spiritual director this week. Have you ever heard of that, a spiritual director? Hi, Christy. She's one. (laughs) But it's a a person that you can sit with, and they're just people who sit with you while you listen to God and help you draw out or untangle the things that come up in prayer that he's speaking to you. So I met with my spiritual director this week, and one of the things she helped me um, untangle was this lie that I was telling myself, and I was repeating it to myself, unknowingly having this being spoken in my brain. I was believing that I'm not connected enough to God and He won't give me what I need. Because, like, do you believe that lie too? Because Jesus tells us in Matthew 7 that if we, as sinful people, know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Because our Father wants, He desires. To give us good gifts. Not because we're a good girl or a good boy. It's just purely because that's who he is. And so we confronted that lie in my, my time together with her. Just addressing that. Okay. Hmm. So back to uh, Zacchaeus' story. Jesus invites himself over for a party at Zach's house. And he is pumped about it. Um, but you know, like, the people not pumped about it were those townspeople who knew his reputation, who called Zacchaeus a notorious sinner. These are townspeople, and I would bet that some of them are some of Jesus' followers. And they're thinking to themselves, why would Jesus associate with this kind of person? The grumbles that they have also tell me that, like, maybe they weren't brave enough to say that to Jesus' face. So they're kind of having some issues on the side here that are like trust issues tugging at their heart. And again, how often have I done that, though? You know, like start thinking to myself, does God really know what he's doing here? Is he aware of the optics problem that's going on here by going to this guy's house? Like even in Bible times, people were super aware of the aesthetic of what it looks like to be with certain people. You know, or the other piece of it could be like jealousy was rising up. Like, why is he going to his house and not mine? it's just funny how the way our minds work you know like Jesus isn't condemning any of us and yet the shame that we kind of bring in likes to grab onto any tiny shred or strand of whatever's going on in our life and just start twisting it into an alternate reality that becomes about deception and makes it all about ourselves and the true reality is that Jesus is showing with his actions and his words that he cares about every single person and that's something to celebrate he comes to seek and save those who are lost and explicitly tells us that in verse 10 of this passage he doesn't seem to be fazed by people who don't understand his mission it's not an unkind way of being it's just in a way that doesn't let anything distract him from what he's doing a few years ago, uh, while Tyler and I were living in Charlotte, North Carolina, a friend of mine had a dream with, a both, with her and myself in it, and she sent me an email of it, and it's been such an encouragement to me over um, the last couple of years, but the gist of the dream is that she and I are on a bus. We're on this, like, 15-passenger van bus. We've got a couple other people on the bus, too, and I'm the driver. I'm driving us to some party that we had been invited to, or sort of invited to, and while she's on the bus, she's trying to perform a task, and I'm not helping. I've got one mind to get us there. We're going to the party. So we get there, we arrive, everyone gets off, and presumably, like, I, I, I get back in the bus and I drive away, and she's like, presumably you're doing that because you're bringing more people to the party. I didn't ever just, didn't stop my job. That was it. Um, So the way we were interpreting this, we started talking about it a little bit, but we're thinking of the party as the party, the party of all parties, the one that all of us are invited to that are um, part of God's family that we want everybody to come to. And, you know, like, in the dream, I'm the driver. And you could say, like, Well, that's your job now. You're a pastor. You're supposed to drive people to the party. But, like, I wasn't a pastor then. And I think that we all get to be the drivers and the inviters uh, to the party. This is, you know, one of the ways. It's just, like, a part of being in God's family. And we want everyone to experience the goodness. Like, the way we live our lives, it's just one big party invitation. (laughs) I think we see this in how Jesus interacts with Zacchaeus. Like, he sees him, and he brings the party to him, actually. So let's look at what happens after um, Jesus has been at Zacchaeus' house partying. And we see here, let's see, in verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So let's start here with the restitution that Zacchaeus offers up in response to just being around Jesus. Like, wow. (laughs) Scripture doesn't say what they had been talking about at the party, but whatever it was, it left such an impression on Zacchaeus that his his greedy nature was turned upside down into generosity. And that sounds like only something that happens in the kingdom of God. The things that, of the kingdom are just upside down than the ways we try to live our life. There's justice that happens when we return our hearts to the true king of the universe. In Psalm 99, David writes, The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob, you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God. And worship at his footstool. He is holy. The parts of that that stick out to me are the lordship of God, like how he's exalted and glorified just over all the nations. And he's showing the true order of things. And yet he loves justice and established equity because he's a good and humble king. Jesus came to serve not to be served. And when Jesus steps into the room, he leaves a trail of restoration behind him because being in his presence changes people. And I love seeing Zacchaeus' response because it reflects such a beautiful characteristic of God that I want to see come out in my life too. I want to see justice to the poor and writings of wrongs that have happened. Just an expression of the kingdom coming alive in our lives. We had a cool opportunity in our house groups last Wednesday. Um, Shout out to house groups. If you want to be in one, hit me up. I'll find you a house group to be in. Uh, They're wonderful. But our house groups met last Wednesday. And we did a new thing on this app you may have heard of called Zoom. We had our meals separately. And then we all got on Zoom for a quick little teaching and then some discussion afterwards. and conversation around gospel conversations. Good news. How we be people of the good news. And I mention this because I see the good news himself, Jesus, entering Zacchaeus's home, and then Zach giving away half of his wealth, and, and then giving back the four times he's cheated people, and you know what? That's probably really good news for a lot of those townspeople. <laughs> You're making some money. <laughs> he's speaking out. Jesus is speaking out with his words what he's going to do, and then he follows through on it. Zacchaeus spoke out what he was gonna do, and then presumably he, he followed through giving back this money. This week I have been doing some reflecting and learning about our newest federally recognized holiday, Juneteenth. This is past Monday. Juneteenth commemorates June 19th, 1865, when slaves in Texas were liberated two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation and two months after the Civil War had ended. But it's because General Granger and about 6,000 federal troops, they showed up in Galveston, Texas, and um, it was enforced to let the slaves go, let them be free. Um, There's a documentary my dad had suggested called Juneteenth, Faith and Freedom. And in the beginning of it, a poet asks as she reflects on the pre-Juneteenth slaves, the real question was, who will tell us that we had been set free? Like if if General Granger and the troops hadn't showed up, how much longer would it have been before the slaves had been set free? These are people's mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and friends and neighbors enslaved. And I've been thinking about those folks, like those people that didn't know they were free. Who will tell us that we had been set free? This question, and like the literal freedom being declared over these people in a very physical way, is, is a total parallel to the gospel, the good news, and our call to share the good news of freedom in Christ, to get people on the bus and drive them to the party. Jesus is clear that he's in the business of setting people free. In Luke 4, Jesus declares, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus isn't messing around with the freedom stuff. And if he's the king, and a just king at that, how much more would we want to share this incredible news? To me, Juneteenth and Jesus' way of life, freedom, Zacchaeus giving restitution, all of us being party bus drivers and inviters, like this is all wrapped up together in my brain. Um, And I can't help but think that the powers and the principalities of this world just want us to be wrapped up in ourselves and enslaved to shame, like the plantation owners that didn't share the liberating news that their slaves were free until they were made to. That's a big deal. So I want to take the next little bit of time to do some reflecting together, um, I'll ask some questions, but we're just going to see what the Lord stirs up within each of us individually. And so um, we're just going to have quiet in the room and be okay with a little bit of uncomfortable silence. And just let kind of the the thoughts that sift themselves to the surface pay attention as they come up. Um, So we can get comfortable in your chairs. You can close your eyes now. I'm going to ask a question and we'll see what the Lord brings to mind as I ask these. So start with thinking about a place in your life that you feel like you're enslaved, like you're in bondage to something that's just holding you down. And ask Jesus to bring to mind places that he's not quite the Lord of your life. Or maybe you're like Zacchaeus, stuck in a life of kind of this ickiness, and you're looking for something. Just lean into the silence here and just see what feelings arise and take note of them. Just kind of put them to the side. Jesus, bring to mind places in our lives that you are not truly Lord of, things that we are slaves to. I'll give you 30 seconds. stay here in this in this moment keep that thought to the side now let's imagine ourselves in the story with Zacchaeus we've got this part of our life that we've just had come to the surface and we're and we're curious about the freedom we've heard from Jesus and does it apply to this does his good news of freedom apply to this so let's imagine we're like Zacchaeus and trying to get a better look so we climb up in a tree and just then Jesus passes by and looks us straight in the eye he sees you. He calls your name. He's coming to you. Like, how do you feel right now? How does it feel to be seen by Jesus? Just notice anything coming up, and we'll wait again. Continue on in this thought process. So the absolute jubilation of the slaves in Galveston, the moment they heard they were free, had to be electric, dancing in the streets. And this is a party. That's a taste of how the father feels about you anytime time you return to him. He says, kill the fattened calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son or daughter of mine was dead and is alive again. They were lost, and now they're found. So let that wash over you, that you were lost, and now you are found. You are seen by Jesus. and now our last little section just hang on for one more time now that you are seen and set free by god let's keep the party going like who do you need to see like jesus does like really see someone just see if the spirit brings to mind anyone that just needs they need an invite to the party of god see if anyone comes to mind like lord Who do you want us to really see? Okay, you can open your eyes. Worship team, why don't you come on up? Thanks for going through that exercise with me. Because, you know, there's something about um, just getting to really engage with the Lord. And our lives are so noisy, aren't they? I know mine is. I've got three kids, and they're very noisy little people. So when we get to make space together, I think it's really precious. So I appreciate you doing that with me today. you are seen you are set free and you are invited to see people too like jesus we're going to worship our god who sees us who sets us free and invites us to be party people with him so let's worship and then afterwards we'll have some prayer and ministry time if you're able why don't you stand with us right now for a song i